you all see we've got a special guest today, Mr. Mitch Smith. Uh, Mitch is coming to us. I'll introduce Mitch in just a little bit, and we've got some questions for him. But, Jordan, it's been a while. I was gone for a little bit. thought we'd just kind of have some conversation about how, how was the – how was the two or three weeks that I was out? Did you all, right. when you obviously recorded a couple episodes. I thought the one Chuck and you did on the project delivery and I watched it the other night. Holly had to watch it with me and she's like, why are you watching this? And I said, well, I'm interested in this stuff. So <laughs> That's right. I, thought it, I thought you all did a really nice job with the five points and just how we go about our philosophies of how we deliver projects and certainly not the most glamorous side of the business that we do. Um, it's much funner on the front end of the business and, but it's very much necessary. So I thought that was a good episode. What else, what else have y'all been doing while I've gone? Yeah, no, I mean, back to that though, I, I can tell you for sure that I agree with you at the front side is, is a place that I try to stay as much as possible. That's why I'm sales <laughs> and solutions. Um, I, I enjoy that, but, uh, certainly, you know, starting off uh, a company, you learn to do a little bit of everything and it's good for your experience and growth. So talking through and understanding the real work that goes into delivery and implementation, it, it, there's a lot and it just can't be ignored. And you learn very quickly that the details matter, communication matters, and it's it's the last taste you're going to leave in your customer's mouth. And you want to make sure that it's a good overall experience. So yeah, I enjoy talking through that and, <laughs> excuse me, doing a doing a couple episodes while you were out, but uh, overall it went good. Jimmy is definitely somebody, those of you that don't know Jim very well, he is a planner, he is an organizer. So what Jim does very well that I do not is before he leaves, he makes sure that he knows what needs to be done, what he's already done, what tasks are still out there, but he sets us up for success while he's out on his vacations. And you still checked in a few times. We had a couple calls, Jimmy, and I'll let you kind of talk through where you were, but we had a couple international calls going on. You were sitting in somebody's garden at some point uh, without yeah. permission, which was a fun little moment. But yeah, yeah, why don't you just talk about where you were, what you were doing? Yeah, we're going to, well, I think we're going to dive in this in a whole nother episode, but just a short, Mitch, you probably don't know this either, but I just, I had an 18 day trip to Europe and uh, awesome. yeah. I went with my dad. You met Big Jim and have, uh, yeah. Big Jim went and we, uh, the, the basis of the trip was to go uh, find, I, I, I did a big hike. It's called the Tour du Mont Blanc. And, uh, it's a top five, 10 hike in the world. Uh, it's about a hundred to 120 miles. Uh, it goes through France, Italy, wow. and Switzerland. And Sounds amazing. So I got the crazy idea to go there and I invited my dad and he, um, and my nephew and my brother-in-law and a buddy from high school. And we met up with an exchange student that stayed with my family back in 2001 and two. It was his 40th birthday. Uh, party. It just happened. The timing just happened to work out. And his son, who's 18, and his brother, who's my age, 42, went along with us. So we we did a just a grand tour of Europe, about 10 countries. How many days did it take you? 18. 18 days total in Europe. But we did, uh, we rented a couple cars. We flew into Amsterdam. We drove 4,000 miles. The actual hike itself is a 10 to 12 day hike. And I decided to do it in seven days. I skipped a few sections, but wow. I did 90, 90 miles, about 26,000 feet of elevation gain um, over seven days, tent camped most of it. And I had a wow. 25, 30 pound backpack on and Jordan's right. I checked in. I, I You just, some people are different. Some people need to totally disconnect from work. I'm just not that person. I'd, I stay up. It, it makes life easier when I get back in a small business. You know, it's 
I can separate the two, but I kept up with emails and um, I joined a couple calls just so I could see the team. And one morning I was hiking. I'm the only one that hiked all seven days. I had my brother-in-law hike six of the days and the rest of it, it's a whole nother story. Big Jim made it one day. He didn't practice much before, but he, <laughs> he, he made it one day. He did not take my guidance of how difficult this hike's going to be. And he's uh, he had a different philosophy of there's a Facebook group of all this hike and he saw all the people finishing this hike and all the different body types and ages. And he said, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And that, that, uh, that thesis proved not to work out. And so he hiked one day, but it's, you know, it's a memory I'll always have. He dad's 71, almost 72. And it's 4,000 feet up every day, Mitch, and 10 to 15 miles. I mean, it was a little, it, it's, there's more technical, there's harder hikes, but it was, it's not a walk out in the backyard and you take a, you know, a mile stroll on flat ground around, around a little city park. It was a, you needed to train for it, your muscles that you don't use, but yeah. We, what, uh, what? What a tremendous experience, though, to be able to do that with friends and your father yeah. and all that. But but I'll bet you there were some mornings you got up and you're like, man, I got to do this again. <laughs> it was backpack on and walk another 90 miles or whatever. There's just or no good way around. to sleep in a tent. It's just not comfortable yeah. to sleep in a tent. Uh, yeah. You just you take for granted the ability to just sit down and put your shoes on or have somewhere to sit and in a tent. You're just kind of on the ground and you're working around and. It's, uh, I don't mind doing it, but it's not my preference. So, but yeah, it's absolutely a wonderful experience. We went to Normandy. Um, dad really wanted to see Normandy. We hit, we did Amsterdam, Berlin, Prague, Munich, the Neuitian Castle, um, Paris. We took a ferry boat to London, did Rotterdam and some windmills over there and Brussels and Dunkirk and Normandy. And uh, it yeah. was just, it's one of those you'll look back on in life and just those will be memories that you carry with you. My 16 year old nephew uh, probably doesn't have an appreciation of what he just got to see and do and experience. Mm. And, but 18 days is a long time. Oh, yeah. I got four yeah. kids at home and my wife's a, who's just, you know, she, she puts up with this and uh, she's a, she's a strong woman and I got a lot of help around close, but it's a long time. I miss my wife. I miss my kids and, but we had a big, big adventure and I showed yeah. up and some, I thought it was a public garden. So I just sit down at this little picnic table and I'm taking a team call kickoff call last Monday. And I had this lady, you see her coming in the background and she's got her hands all up and she's like, I, I hit it on mute. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just sitting at the picnic table. She said, this is a private property. And um, I said, well, I'm sorry. And she was talking to me in Italian and she obviously heard my accent. And she's like, well, that isn't going to work. So we worked it out. It worked out all, all right. And she ended up letting me stay there. But, you know, what do you do? Yeah, that's cool. I, I bet several thousand pictures later, right? So, uh, yes, yes. I got, got a bunch of great really pictures, nice pictures with the family and all that. Yeah, I'll show you. We, we all took pictures and just the scenery is just beautiful. And uh, you just you, you see the same thing on repeat every single day, it seems like. But it uh, it was very beautiful. I'm glad I did it. Um, yeah. Well, let me roll in because Jacob is going to cut us off. And we I told you, Mitch, I talk way too much. But we'll uh, let me let me introduce Mitch to the audience. And we're super glad to have Mitch on here. He's a good person. He's become a friend. Uh, Mitch and I 
I think you knew Chuck and some of the others have known him for a long time, which is pretty yeah, common. Sure. You know, you've been in the industry. It's a small industry. Good people tend to know other good people. And But Mitch and I had the opportunity to meet last year when we were talking about when we started Zion and we were talking about getting on and um, partnering with Hytrol. And uh, so Mitch joins us. He's the chief revenue officer at Hytrol. Um, you have extensive experience in designing and implementing in integrated material handling projects just worldwide, really. Um, you, uh, you enjoy working with the latest industry technologies, including material handling systems, control systems, how supply chain software plays into it. And just you've, you've dedicated to, to really driving growth through unbeatable customer experiences and strong business relationships. So that's just kind of a, a background of Mitch and Mitch, I'm just interested to hear a little bit about your career. I know you, you worked yeah. a couple places before Bastion, but would love to just kind of tell us about Mitch and just yeah. where Mitch come sure. from, how Mitch end up in Arkansas and just tell sure. us a little bit about you. Be, be happy to. Hey, thanks for having me on as well. Um, you know, I've, I guess I'm on my 30th year or uh, going over 30 years of being in the material handling industry. It's, it's really the only thing I've ever done. Um, but uh, kind of goes back. I, I actually was born and raised in, in Michigan and, and outside of Detroit and really was a heavy influence around automation uh, because of the, uh, the automotive space and uh, my, my family and their business that they were in there. Uh, so I, I ventured off to school and uh, went to Kentucky, uh, went to a, a fairly small school, Moorhead State University, that, that at the time was the only um, Jim, you may not even know this, but at the time in the in the uh, late 80s, uh, Moorhead State was the only university that had a robotics lab. Uh, really? So um, so that was that was a big driver for me um, as well as I had a chance to play a little, a little bit of ball there. So great, great chance to um, to, to learn about uh, industrial automation and uh, industrial engineering practices and, and technology deployment. Which was kind of kind of the educational side, and then I was able to go right to work. Really, um, a little town called Carrollton, Kentucky. Worked for uh, a, a company at the time, Teledyne was the name. It was a global company that was really kind of involved uh, in, in a lot of different industry spaces, and uh, that's where I had my first material handling experience. We had a building expansion. I needed some conveyor. Uh, needed some rack and shelving, and and I got in touch with uh, a material handling company uh, based out of Louisville, Kentucky, that ultimately I went to work for, and spent 23 years there. Grew the business, did lots of exciting things. We bought companies, sold companies, hired a lot of people, trained a lot of people, grew it from basically a, a 30 man business to um, to right about 500 people. Uh, when I when I left the business and and uh, that company uh, eventually sold and is now part of the the Toyota family of companies, so um, they're they're well over 1,300 employees today. Um, certainly, um, a lot of smart people, a lot of uh, talent, a lot of different departments doing various things. Uh, from uh, what you guys are doing with uh, upfront. Uh, consulting and engineering design of systems to the full-blown implementation, customer support afterwards, and, and the, whole, the whole bit. And just really, it, it's been a fun, fun industry to be in. I, I had an opportunity um, 
to, to move from the Cincinnati, Ohio area. I've been in Jonesboro, Arkansas for seven years, and uh, it's, it's been really a, a fun experience being on the manufacturing side. Um, when, I, when I first came down here, I, I was uh, responsible for engineering, which was really great because I got to see kind of from the inside out uh, kind of how these designs are coming together, uh, how we manufacture the manufacturing processes. And then uh, in 2020, um, I moved into a, uh, the business development role. And really, I think it's a great fit for me because I really spent uh, the majority of my career as an integrator. And I really enjoy uh, spending time with uh, partners like uh, Zion and, and getting to, to know you and, and to help you in whatever way that I can. Um, and, and it's really exciting uh, to see what you, you and Zion are doing with uh, various technologies. Uh, certainly want you to sell a lot of Hytrol as well, but we, we understand it's not all about conveyor. It's about the customer and the best solution to meet the, uh, the needs. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, it's been a fun career for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, just just trying to extend it a little bit here and, and learn, keep learning. You know, that's that's the other thing about the space is um, every day I, I feel like I learn something new, um, whether it's a new product, a new uh, solution. There's a, a new challenge um, that's out there that customers are are up against that. Um, you know, as an engineer uh, like you guys, you, you're just trying to find ways to solve and that's enjoyable. So uh, it's been fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll brag on Hytra a little bit. Um, but first off, I, I do want to mention. So Mitch and I had the chance to have some dinner. I think that was last week. And we got talking about his roots in Cincinnati, Ohio. I see your baseball picture there in the background. And oh, yeah. one of the topics that came up is Mitch is an is a avid fan of, of baseball. And I didn't tell him this at the time, but when he was here, Mitch, you were talking about how you and another couple split season tickets to the yeah. Cincinnati Reds. And you're the first person that I can say that I've met that's had season tickets to the uh, to the Reds organization. So yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Pretty big baseball fan if you're going to 40-plus games a year. So oh, yeah, I know that's sure. a passion of yours. But, um, yeah, yeah. So my wife is from the Cincinnati area, grew up a uh, big Reds fan. Uh, e even she and her family – every spring would go to Florida for spring training. So my, my wife is, is a much bigger fan than even I am. So wow, uh, she knows all the players, she knows all their stats. Um, and of course, you know, her brother and her, her parents are exactly the same way. So big, big, big baseball fans. And, and uh, of course I am too. So it, it makes a good matchup. So for sure. Well, it's exciting watching them this year. We'll see if they can finish it out. Well, I hope they can, but um what I was going to say about Hytrol, just before we we have some questions for Mitch, but so for those of you that don't know, Hytrol is one of the leading conveyor um, and sortation manufacturers, really in the country, if not the world. And you know, we've had some experience of working with some different manufacturers in the space, and there's a couple of things that I have really come to enjoy and appreciate that Hytrol does. Is number one, there's no doubt the priority in respect they have for their integrators because that's the lifeblood of their business. It's based on an integrator program and Mitch, it seems like everything that I've come across is, is made for the integrator. And even when we were having dinner, you were asking Kathy, who's our SVP of finance, of what do you think about our invoicing? What can we do to improve it? What are your thoughts? And that just means a lot to us. And that's a personal touch and appreciate that. And 
I also think there's a program out there that's called HiCan, um, and there's a paired program called Heroes, and those programs are top notch. I think that what it allows us to do is drawing in 3D uh, type blocks and being able to showcase a customer elevation changes and being able to even have little warning symbols that come up and say, hey, that may not work like that. You might need to change that. Just bringing that to our attention. And I think beyond that, the amount of flexibility you have within your product line is is really unmatched in terms of size and different types and what you can do. And so just wanted to just get that out there and brag on Hytra a little bit before we get into the questions, because I've I've spent now the last really 18 months working with you all. And um, there's just so much good material out there. And coming from an integrator's perspective, just want to say thank you. We appreciate that. And we can tell that you guys care. And that's what we set out to do is work with good customers and good partners. And man, this has just worked out wonderfully from our opinion. Well, thank you for that. You know, uh, to, to just to add to that, certainly Hydro only goes to market one way. You know, we only we only sell our products through an integration network. It's it's been that way for uh, coming up on 77 years. The company's been in business and the founder, Mr. Loberg, designed it that way, set it up that way. And it's been extremely successful for us. Um, it 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 is the only way we go to market. It is everything we do is set up to support that network. So whether it's uh, our training programs, our software systems, our ability to, to work with the integrator, to ultimately meet the needs of, of the end user, the customer, um, that's, that's really what you know the 1,650 people, and I, and I even like to expand it to the families of the people, right, that, that work here, are dedicated to our network and uh so it, it's good to be uh appreciated for that but but because it's the only way we do it and uh it's pretty cool yeah agreed yeah, and i'd just say ditto i mean I, I think the experience is my time in the industry mitt so i've been in around the industry for 25 plus years but i was really more of a customer than i was on the integrator side and then spent a long time integrator and we had an established relationship with an oem and they they were good they did they did great things for us, um, but the tools, the ability to have our team train, uh, the the support that we received, the quality of the product, just the 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 market size that you all have, the name you all have in the industry, it's um, it's been it's been a great process because we take partnership really serious. I think the first time we met with with Mitch and it was Matt. And I think that was mainly it. It was you and, and big Jim tag long and Chuck and I yeah. went down and we were, yeah. we were talking and being us, we said, you know, Hey, let's, let's have dinner and sign up for the program. And you're like, yeah, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. We got a process. We got, a process. We got yeah. I forget was the toes. There was toes the or gate. something. Yeah. And yeah. we're just like, we lasted about a week and then we're like, all right, that's been a week. Let's go. But we we walk through the process and just I think it's important. This industry to me is built on a, on a couple of things. It's built on relationships first and then it's built on how you use technology, which for our model is through other partnerships and how you put those together. And um, so it was really good that the people fit has to be there. Yeah. Um, the work is the work, I like to say, but you got to like who you work with. You got to have the relationships and you got that doesn't mean that it's one side of the one way or the other. I mean, there's that it's a tough industry that we serve. And so the ability to meet in the middle and have people that you like and work with and um, but you're all you're all's training tools, you're all's ability to support us. It's just it's been a great experience and we're we're very appreciative of that for you. 
uh, for yeah. you, from you all. So, and uh, we really enjoyed the tolling process to to get on to the integrator program too. So, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever thanked you for that process, right. but we we appreciated that. So, uh, let's go into Hytro um, a little bit and just we got some questions. We're not real super structured on this, Mitch. We just like to okay. see where things go, but. We want to spotlight Hytrol. We want to spotlight you. So thanks for the background. But just what are some things that maybe, you know, you all are, are a leader in the industry. What are some of the things that, that Hytrol is doing to stay there, stay at the forefront? Um, and then how are you all using your products to just really gain market, stay stay at the top in the supply chain industry? What, what are some of the things that yeah. you all do and just would like to share with our audience? Sure. Yeah. So uh, certainly, and I appreciate the, um, the, the the comments. Hytrol is a leader for sure in the in the conveyor manufacturing space. You know, we participate in a lot of different organizations. You know, and I'll just you know, SEMA is one of them. The Equi Equipment Conveyor Equipment Manufacturers Association, and um, you know, we've been part of that organization for you know more than sixty years, and. And, and in that, they do reporting of, of numbers, and we know we're in the top. We, we know we're in the, inside the top three and consistently in the top three, uh, but we're the only company that reports only conveyor manufactured. The others uh, report all revenues, um, and we're still in the top three. So um, we, we know that we are a dominant player in that, in that space. In terms of you know what we do. We we are purely in in purely focused on on conveyor, right? And anything associated with conveyor. So we're we're not easily distracted by other products that are in the space. And and I have a lot of people ask me quite often, well, are you concerned about AMRs? Are you concerned about you know other types of robotics or other technologies? And and while um yeah, it might concern me a little bit. We we are. Uh, purely focused on how we can integrate together, right? Th these are complementary products that are out there in the space that um, they do something that's unique and special that Conveyor does not do, right? That's why they're being developed. And and I guess I, I have a little bit more of a engineering and, and maybe more of a um, an integrator perspective on that. But if Conveyor would provide the solution, then you'd be using it. Uh, or, or otherwise, these other products would not need to be uh, in existence. So, so we're focused on conveyance and changes in conveyance that will complement new technologies uh, or grow the ability to implement and execute conveyors. So, I'll give you I'll give you some examples. Um, you know, the e-commerce space is is certainly um, it's been hot. It's been super hot. And it's also changed. Um, I think culturally, it's changed. Uh, you know, different generations too. You know, Jim, Big Jim. You know, I, I would I would venture to say Big Jim was not a big ecom buyer ten years ago, right? I bet he's probably pretty comfortable today. You know, it'd be the same with with my father. You know, he he orders online probably more than I do. You know, and and I think so. This generational change is has had some acceptance. And of course, the younger generations, my children, your children, that's just what they're comfortable with. Um, so e-commerce is not going away, it's gonna grow. And so we've been developing products that are for that. So as, uh, as a real example, our ProSort 1100 multi-sort, right? 
it can handle jiffy packs and envelopes and small boxes and package packages at a really high rate. So um, it's available to sort on 30 inches center, both sides. We get a lot of destinations, which is important for e-com kind of facilities. And so we've taken a sortation solution that we've had and we've said, okay, well, you know, 12 foot dock doors <laughs> on center is not necessary, right? We need to get the diverts closer together. So we basically adapt and change to meet, you know, the e-com market, right? We have the other spectrum of that too, which is e-com. So you have the small items, but now you have big items, you know, so you have things like, you know, uh, I want to buy a, a sofa or a piece of furniture online. Well, you can do that today. That was probably not something we would have done even five years ago, but today it's pretty typical. So um, we now have a large sorter, our, our ProSort 1400 LP uh, that allows you to sort uh, furniture, large items at a pretty high rate of speed. And um, that's something that didn't exist three years ago, right? So again, I think e-commerce is driving lots of changes on that space. And then we have the parcel side. So not only did you get it out of the, the distribution building, now you got to transport it, right? So now you get it to the, the, the parcel carriers and they need the same technologies, right? So whether it's the, the transportation conveyors or it's the sortation conveyors, we're, we're able to provide those and we've adapted to change that. So we can, we can not only get it from the DC, but we can get it through transportation and then ultimately to the door of the customer. So certainly th those are some things that that's been a focus for us. And then um, then you have the whole um, how do I implement and execute? Right. So um, we continue to work on strategies that will help uh, our integration partners uh, design our systems. Um, so you mentioned HiCAD a little bit ago. Um, that tool is really set up to design a system, be able to see what it looks like um, in, in uh, you know, in, in paper space views or in three-dimensional views, uh, but also to be able to take that geometry and transport it directly back to us where we can create orders and automate that order process inside a Hytro. Um, and it's pretty awesome to see what we can do. And we don't show a lot of people this, but, but we can basically take those automated orders without an engineer for our standard products and make shop ready drawings. Uh, it also, when those orders come in, it creates uh, purchase requisitions that go out to our vendors and suppliers for motors and pulleys and things of that nature. So there's been a lot of automation done on the backside as well to help again with supply chain and delivery so that we can produce our products uh, more streamlined and at the best uh, price possible to the end user. Um, so there's a lot of things that, that are going on that we're trying to continually develop on the, on the electronics and automation side. Um, and then let's go to the, back to the conveyor. So if we could develop a conveyor that um, would make it easy to install, essentially plug together, and then communicate together on a network, um, then that would help uh, the ease of installation and commissioning, um, and then also help the, the, the programmers and, and PLC programmers to, to bring things up live faster as well. So, so really we're, we're looking at all kinds of things, you know, because we're purely focused on, you know, conveyance, 
our, our niche in the in the industry space is is still fairly narrow, you know, when you consider it. So we're really focused on the integrator being able to do what you need to do to design systems quickly and efficiently, efficiently get us the orders, us process those orders, and then when they end up on a job site, make sure that you can install them quickly, efficiently, and support them long term, right? And then give you the training and all the other tools necessary to help you as the integrator and even the end the end customer support their product. So it lasts as long as they so, you know, so choose to, to make it last. That's awesome. Man. I said a lot there, guys. No, <laughs> well, but it was just yeah, it, I mean, it, it was all good stuff, you know, and it it did prompted me of a situation that we had. I told you earlier that, you know, in starting a company, you have to go through a lot of different positions. You learn a lot of different things. And one of those was I was on a site um, commissioning, going live, and uh, it was Hytrol Conveyor. It was the BZE 24EZ belted MDR, belted 24 volt, and um, didn't have a lot of experience with the EZ logic, the control cars, and how that worked. But lo and behold, there's manuals. There's software, there's cables you can buy, there's Bluetooth functionality if you so wish. So once again, it was just another area where with a little bit of time, calling the support number, somebody answered right away, was able to walk through the challenges we were having on site, leveraging the Hytrol software, leveraging the Hytrol resources to go from, man, we got a problem to a couple hours later, hey, we're fixed. So mm -hmm. it just goes into what it's just, you know, once again, proof of what you're talking about, that it's not just focused on the selling and it's not just focused on the design you look at the whole life cycle right all the way from beginning to end so i yeah. think everything you said was great agree with all of it exciting to hear how you're adapting not only the ability to work with technology that's coming out because you acknowledge there's some reasons for that technology let's not ignore it right but at the same point in time we know that we still have a need we want to continue doing what we do we're gonna do it as, as good as we can um until we feel that it's in a in a good place or perfected um, and then also just looking at the industry and market in terms of e-commerce and, and poly bags and parcels and everything. How do we solve that? Let's not just say we don't have that. Let them go somewhere else. Let's leverage what we have, the people that we have, and continue evolving, even though you're a well-established company. So I think yeah. that's a great answer for how you're continuing to remain on the forefront and be a leader in the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, you know, uh, as far as supply chain goes, you know, that's a whole nother area. And, and uh, you know, our suppliers tend to, uh, we've had long-term suppliers. I think that's one of the things that's been so great about us too, is because we've been doing this for so long, we're, we're, we're not out buying from, you know, 50 different companies. We have the relationships with the, with our steel supplier that's been greater than 50 years. So, you know, we, we even had our competitors calling us you know, during the the uh, steel supply uh, challenges when they were buying steel from us, you know, they couldn't get tube or they couldn't get uh, certain coil steel and we were able to get it and then reselling it back to them because of these relationships that are so critical for us. Um, so yeah, supply chain is a big deal too. And, and there's so many different facets of that. And I think we use supply chain universally for lots of, lots of, you know, definitions, but, um, you know, that that's another area I think we'll probably talk about, but uh, lots of new ideas and, and concepts about how to tackle that and how that's moving forward in the future. Yeah, I think it's I think it's you know, we're always trying to look into the future and you you've been part of the industry so long now, Mitch. It's like it 
man, it, the world seems to be, I use Chuck's words here, but the world seems to change every day. <laughs> and there's all these new technologies coming out. And some people get, are very early adopters in that. Some people are really more laggards in it and they want to see it work. Some people get super excited about it. And as an integrator, we've always got our eyes on what's the next thing coming. But at the end of the day, you still have to do the basics. And the basics are convey in feeds and discharge. And you've got to con you, you've got to do the basics. You've got to have storage platforms. You've got to have storage material. You've got to have conveyance material. And um, so how do you see, you know, obviously you all you all have a more narrow defined product um, that you I don't want to say it's narrow, it's the wrong word, but you're focused on conveyor and how you convey convey packages inside the industry. And what trends do you see? You know, what trends are you all seeing? What are you all noticing? And you've been there, what, seven years now, you said? That's How right. do you see the evolution? Because the world changed about, you know, three, four years ago. The world really pivoted a little bit. And I think it opened up some markets and it 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 infused new technologies that maybe the U.S. market wasn't quite ready to adopt that they've started to adopt. But how are you all seeing seeing that? What trends are you seeing? How do you all stay at stay? Are you reacting, or do you got an R and D that you're ahead of it, or you just is it some combination between the two? Yeah. So in in terms of the product side, uh, the trends, you, you know, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, but I, I think the smaller products, you know, the the products for ecom in, in particular. You know, the, the, the number of eaches or the line items per order is what's still 1.2 or less than two items. So you're, you're going to be in a pretty small package. So the ability to confidently convey, transport, sort those those smaller products is is uh, is certainly a trend that's that's there. But it's not just the ability to move them right to transport them. It's to know where they are every step along the way. Right. So. Um, the order drops in from online and then it hits the WMS and it transfer, transfers to a pick station or in some sequence, right? So you're sorting out what's the, what's the SLA, what's the, what's the, uh, the drop time for the, uh, for the pick the carrier, right? So it's got to be in a certain sequence. And when do I let that go out onto the conveyor system or into the, into the, the operational uh, area of the of, of the uh, facility to start picking that and then sequencing that through and then who picked it who picked which item did they pick the right quantity and then you get into the whole accuracy and brevity and all those kinds of things to make sure that when you finally pack it out that you know exactly every step its journey uh, so that you can backtrace that and know um, you know, just how good you were, you know, did you really perform, uh, you know, that order as best you could. Um, and then, and then you got all the financial side of that, right? So, uh, you know, I've got return on investment. I calculated so many people just uh, produce so many orders a day. Is, is that really working out and so forth? Um, it, it, I'll tell you that, that is one area that I think uh, is going to continue to change. And that is fully understanding every step along the way so that you can uh, financially understand, is this system benefiting me uh, or benefiting the company that bought it as expected? 
And uh, all of these different data points uh, are going to become more and more critical. And I think that's an area that's that's going to continue to grow and change and will be challenged uh, to answer those questions up front in the sales process. Uh, prove it. Show me. And uh, can I sign a contract of performance that says, you know, if if you do or if you don't kind of situation, right? Um, I, I think those will be some things that will be interesting uh, as as we move forward into the future. Gotcha. Cool. What uh, I, I'm going to pivot to another little question, take us a, another direction on. So you've obviously been in the field and you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but you, you've got extensive experience. You've been around. You've seen the evolution. You've seen it from different points of view. You've seen it from the lens of an integrator, which I think is a really unique perspective. Uh, you you were a customer early in your career, so that's a whole nother perspective. And now you're more of a an OEM provider, manufacturer. So I think you've got extensive experience, but what advice maybe would you give to individuals or businesses that in, are looking to optimize their supply chain, whatever the broad word of supply chain is, but maybe it's just advice. Like, You've been in the industry. What what words of wisdom would Mitch pass along and just give in any any capacity, right? An integrator, a customer, a manufacturer, and um, specific to conveyor systems, if you want. But just what what would you what advice would you give out? Well, the the, the simple and easy one is pick a hydral integrator, right? To uh, to work with. There we go. We like that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, 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 we know one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Pick <laughs> pick your your hydro integrator, uh, right? That's right. right. <laughs> pick, pick a solid integrator, and I, I think yeah. that is absolutely key. Um, and it depends on the scope and the scale, for sure, uh, of, of who you work with. But make sure that that they have experience. Um, you know, the experience cannot be replaced. I mean, there's a lot of really smart uh, intellectual people in the world that have, you know, gone through school and done lots of things and all that. But but um, a, a lot of this is just you've been there and you've done it before, right? Um, you have relationships. And it's not that there's, um, you know, the old cliche, you know, it's not if there's going to be a problem, it's when there's a problem. And uh, it, you know, I think Jordan and I talked about this when we were uh, at dinner a week ago. You know, it's like building a house. You, you know, you have the greatest plans. The architect did a perfect job. You got a contractor you're confident in. They're going to be able to go do it. But there's inevitably there's a rock in the ground you didn't know about, or there's a a stud that they get put in the right place, and you got to you got to you got to shift and change. And that's the way it is on any large project. Um, and so having someone that's kind of been there and done it, knows what to do, can keep the customer calm and 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 still work through what's going on is critically important. Uh, so I guess my advice is pick pick someone that's kind of been there and done it, has experience and has the confidence to to be able to make it make it go through. And then depending on the the scale or the the scope in terms of maybe complexity is a better word, um, you, you know, make sure that they're aligned with outstanding partners. Okay. So, you know, if you're talking conveyor, make sure you've got a competent, capable conveyor company that's been in business a long time, a la Hytro, right? The same <laughs> would be true 
The same would be true for a robotics provider, you know, whether it's, you know, mobile robots, articulated robots, or a WMS provider, you name it. Just go down the list of the different technologies and make sure they, they can do and support what you have, because this is not an investment that's uh, you're intending for, you know, a year or two years. It's, it's a long-term investment and uh, that's critical. I think that's yeah, really I mean, good I, advice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we touched on that, you know, Chuck and I, when we talked through the, the delivery and one of the, the big phrases and I'm sure you used it, Mitch, is just, you got to align on expectations, right? And anybody that's telling you that you're going to have a problem-free, stress-free, risk-free implementation Look, I hope it happens, but we know that that's just not the reality. And, but that's okay. As long as you're willing to understand that you're working with somebody that knows how to solve those problems because they've seen it before or seen something similar before, or they have a partner who's seen it before. Once again, any of those things are okay, but you have to be in a position that you can align on expectations and adapt. Adaptability is not only critical in the distribution center when people talk through flexibility. It's also critical when you're selecting who you're going to work with and their ability to understand risk. And you said it well, calmly educate the customer on what the, what the situation is, but better yet, how you're going to solve it. How are you going to adapt to something that you couldn't see, right? And I think that's just an important lesson for, for anybody out there is at the end of the day, size of organization doesn't necessarily mean success. What it comes down to is experience and um relationships it just drives yeah. this industry and almost all industries yeah what well said and 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 just to add to that you know i mean it's it, it's there's going to be problems right i mean it's just the way the the nature of the a project goes and not only do you want to hear i mean as a customer or as a leader in an organization you don't want to hear about the problem you want to hear about the the alternatives and the different ideas that can solve whatever is in front of you. And that's very difficult to do if you've not been there and done it before. So right. uh, well, well said, Jordan, I completely agree. Yeah, I think the, these are all part of you. You are saying things that are near and dear to my heart of just the Zion commitments that we make to people of we our approach is very much to be transparent and to fully communicate. And, and I don't know that all organizations or integrators take that approach. There's a lot of great integrators out there, but our approach has always been, we, we will tell you what we think is going to happen, what we know is going to happen and just make the commitment and look you in the eyes and tell you, we'll be there as it happens. And we'll always meet you in the middle. There'll always be, you know, real time communication, full transparency and, um, you can, you can sweep it under the rug. A lot of times in the sales cycle, you know, when you're going through an RFP, you can, you can make everything rosy. You can act like there's certain things that don't exist. And, and some customers want to hear that. They're not really the customers we want to align with because they just, it's, that's not reality. Reality is it's, you're going to have change. You're going to have to meet in the middle on certain things. You're going to have to align on expectations and you got to build that relationship and trust. It's so vital. And, um, it's been refreshing to me, Mitch, that we had the opportunity to go find those customers. We had mm. the opportunity to align with partners of similar mindset. Um, I love hearing what you just said. I mean, it's just so in line with what our culture is and how we approach and what just reality is. And we, uh, it's been very refreshing. A hurdle has been, um, and I'm glad you all brought it up because 
we may just clip this out and tell the next customer, it's like, well, how big are you all? How, how long have you all been in business? And we, no matter how many times you can share it, sometimes you got to hear it from multiple sources of we've got 95 plus years of experience of doing this, of being in those trenches, walking through those tough projects, learning things, sometimes the hard way, um, but ultimately delivering success and, and having happy customers and, and making lifelong partnerships and relationships and building that trust. And um, sometimes it's a hurdle with new customers. We're going, we're going through it with a customer right now is like, well, okay, well, here's this super large organization. And then there's Zion. And we're like, you can't really compare it that way. You just, it's, it's not the industry we're in. Um, you gotta, you gotta ask the right questions. You gotta have some faith and trust in, in the responses that you get. And that's one of our commitments we make to people is we'll be there. We, we won't ever walk away from it. And I think in five years and 10 years, we'll look back and we'll have the ability to see Zion grow as large as we really ultimately want it to grow. And, uh, and, but those are, those are things that are near and dear to me at least. So I, I love hearing it and, I've done it. That's what I did for seven years, Mitch. I brought, I was a delivery guy and it's, it's kind of like the offensive line. They don't get a lot of press. They don't get the, you know, yeah. they, they're not interviewing the, the, the right tackle and the offensive guards after the game, they're going to interview the quarterback, but the game can't be played without it. And the, mm-hmm. the devil's in those details and those basics and uh, it's kind of cliche, but yeah, cool. Well, I've got one more question. You okay. got something, Mitch? You were going to go? Oh, you I'm got something to add to it? You, you, you mentioned the, the values piece. You, you know, I, I was just going to comment. You know, we, we go through this. You mentioned the toll gate process earlier, and I hate to yeah. bring it back up. But, you know, that is really what Hytro is looking for, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we're looking for companies that we call partners because we have a common you know, value system, right? Uh, what we believe is what you believe. And, and that's just why you're saying what you're saying, right? Is we, we have a common way of going to business and how we're going to take care of, how we're going to take care of you and how we're going to take care of customers. And, and Zion goes right to your heart, right? This is what we're going to do. And this is who we are. And that's how I feel about this logo, right? Yes. And that's the way our organization feels when we put our sticker and our name out there, that it means something. And uh, we're going to take care of it. We're going to take care of our customers. So uh, anyway, that, that's just you, you said it. I just repeated it. Yeah, and, that's uh, awesome. But I think I mean, that's, that's just a shared common value. And, and uh, back to if I was going to give a customer advice, that's really what you're looking for. You're yeah. looking for a company that you share common values and you trust. And when you yeah. trust them, they're going to do what's right for you and they're going to make it work for you. So. Well, I, I just repeated what you said, but um, it, it's dear to me too. And it's a, it's a big deal. So, well, you can't hide that Mitch. I mean, I don't, you can have processes, you can have paper, you can have sitting in a meeting, but you know, I think it's authentic, right? That just, what you just did was authentic, which how we approach things. I think we hope that attracts customers and it's because it's who we are and it's, yeah. it's, we always say it's easy to wake up and be who you are and, and it's easy to be who you are. You don't have to put it on. And uh, yeah, yeah. I was just giving you a hard time about the toll gate. I think it's a wonderful <laughs> process. We were appreciative of it. <laughs> Chuck is just impatient. He's not on here to defend himself. So Chuck's just impatient and couldn't couldn't wait. I would I was willing to wait as long as you all needed. So uh-huh. yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll listen to, sure. he'll listen to right. this again. 
<laughs> but it comes back to core. When we started Zion, Mitch, and, and I'm going to go down a little bit of a rad hole here, we spent a lot of time on putting together what's our vision, our mission, our values. And we look at our vision, and we've talked about this a lot, but the vision is what you aspire to be someday. And so what we aspire to be is – to deliver memorable experiences and guide intelligent change. And our mission's what you ultimately wake up and you do every day. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. to build up, inspire, encourage, serve others, and then provide world-class, integrated, best-in-class material handling supply chain solutions. Um, and and, and uh, I can't talk, solutions. And then our values is just that that's the minimal acceptable items to be here, to be part of Zion, for us to put – our brand out to put our piece of paper out to say, we're going to do it. And, but I think one of the things about us that I, I'm kind of a nostalgic throwback in some extent is I'm not a real complicated human being. I don't need a lawyer. I don't need a 14 page document or a hundred page document. My handshake, me looking you in the eyes, all of us at Zion, the company we're building is that still means something to me. Now I understand there's life and you got to have contracts and terms and conditions because things happen. But at the end of the day, what we aspire to get out to people is what we tell you we're going to do, we're going to do it. And we'll be there until it's done. And we, we partner with companies like Hytrol that we feel the exact same way about. There's other companies that we've met that don't meet those standards for us. And we haven't burnt that bridge because life's too short. You never know when leadership changes, life could change, but we, we haven't aligned with them. And uh, I think that's what we bring to market. So mm -hmm. there we go. You got me started, Mitch. Um, the last, the last let's, we're going to wrap up. We're close to 45 minutes. We're at 49. So let's wrap up. We always try to have like a fun non-business kind of more personal look at things, Mitch. I've just, an, I think Jacob calls it an outro type question. It's just the last question. And, um, I threw this on at the last minute, but if I were, if Jordan and I were to ask you, like, one of, what is one of your best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? And it could be an investment in money, in time, in energy, in a family member. Like, if Mitch had to say, just get super platonic with us, like, what's a, what's one of the best investments you've made that's worthwhile for maybe somebody young or maybe even somebody that's, you know, just needs to recalibrate in life a little bit and where, where, where have you put your time or your money or your energy in that's just paid off in dividends for you? Wow. You could, you could get me really sentimental right here. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, well, I'll tell you, um, where you put your time and where you put your money is where your heart is. Right. So if, uh, and, I, and I would say um, in my younger years in work, I spent most of my time working and I, uh, there was a lot of reward in that, probably a lot of ego in that, frankly, that uh, people gave me the time and energy and the, the kudos and the accolades and the paychecks and all those kinds of things and all that in the moment seemed really, really important. Uh, but I would say that um, that is not what is important. Uh, what is important are the relationships that you make and the, the friendships that you build. Um, and, and I said that first, and I should have said family is the most important thing, because at the end of the day, 
you go home to the folks that love you and care for you. Um, and they should be getting the best of you and your time and your talent and the, the resources and the benefit of what you've done all day when you're not with them. And, and I think the, the most challenging thing that I think most people have, and I certainly have had in my life, is balance. What is it? How do you do it? And how do you do it every day? And um, um, I, I would suggest you should work hard, you should play hard, but you should keep your priorities in alignment. And whatever those are, you know, if it's God, self, family, what, whatever they are, um, every day you should wake up and strive to do that to the very best of your ability. And uh, so anyway, I guess that's that's my words of wisdom. <laughs> it's it's yep. been a challenge. It's been a challenge for me, for sure. I think it's a challenge for most uh, living human beings uh, that have competing interests uh, in life. But um, I, I think it is very easy to get shifted. And um, if you can have a spouse or a friend or someone that can that understands that you can share with and understands your priorities, they can also help realign you when needed. I think it's wonderful advice. Really, really like it. Dig it. And Jordan and I are both in kind of a good season of life where we got young kids. And I posted earlier this week. Mitch about school. One of the priorities I've made is I will be at the first day of school for all my kids. And I've missed a few of those over the years. And I just said, I'm not going to do that again because you don't get some of those days back. And mm -hmm. it is certainly a challenge to balance it. We talk it about is. it often. Jordan's got a young family as well. Three, three kids under, under 11 or 12, Jordan. Yeah. 11, three and one. Yeah. yeah she's Yeah. So, and, yep. and then just to keep your spouse and to keep your faith and just to keep all the things in balance because it's too easy to get sucked into the vortex of work. And I don't think at my eulogy they're going to talk about how much conveyor I sold. I don't probably I don't, not. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to quote that that stat from me. So <laughs> now, now uh, Jim, they might at mine. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't mean you should let up on selling conveyor. Okay? There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because that that might mean something for me okay yeah there you <laughs> that's go. right there you go well i've greatly enjoyed it mitch i think we're going to wrap this up thank you so much for your time i know you're busy i know you worked us in this week uh we hope to look back in five to ten years as long as you stay around and as long as we stay around that we we this friendship develops even more and uh we're grateful for you all we're thankful for you all for you all if i can talk and uh Thanks for the time. I think somebody's going to get something out of this podcast. And um, sometimes in life, you just got to touch one person. You don't know where that invisible thread in life goes and that's pulls right. through and weaves, but that's why we do it. It's to, to spotlight you all and to just talk about good people, meet good people, and hopefully hopefully encourage and inspire others through, through some of what we do. Awesome. Well, hey, Jim, Jordan, thank you a bunch. It's been fun. Definitely fun. And, uh, looking forward to what we do together and, and changing the world in, uh, of the mature handling space. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Jimmy. I think that's yeah. uh, I think that's a wrap. Yep.